Welcome back to the Clickdown. Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Steve Beals, and today we're going to have a discussion on citric provisioning, many times referred to as PVS. I'm being joined today by an old friend from my days in consulting, Uzair Ali. Uzi, welcome to the uh, Clickdown. Thanks for having me, Steve. Yeah, Happy I'm, to be here. Yeah, I'm really glad you were able to uh, get on. I'm excited about the uh, conversation we're going to have today. Um, but before we dive into anything, uh, maybe you can tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your uh, current role. Sure. Uh, I'm with Citrix Professional Services. I've been with Citrix since 2010. I've been in the consulting division within professional services. Uh, started out of college, worked my way up. I'm now a uh, senior solutions delivery architect. Awesome. Now, 2010, I think that's when I started consulting, too. <laughs> It goes back a long way. Yeah. Um, It's funny. I I was thinking this morning um, about this because I knew that you and I are going to be talking about PVS today. And I was thinking actually when I first started using PVS, like when I first actually touched a product and it was in 2009. uh, And then I realized I'm old. um, But then it made me think, you know, that there's been so much changes in not only our technology, but, you know, customer data centers, networks, everything, you know, in between. So it, it, it was, you know, interesting. And then, uh, you know, I know we, we, we kind of set this up beforehand, but, you know, you, you recently published a blog on um, updated PVS best practices, uh, which is really why I wanted to talk to you as well. Um, so when, when we talk about PVS and, and, and updated best practices, what, what's uh, been changed or updated? Sure. So, I mean, a lot of things have changed since uh, 2010, right? I mean, um, you're aware um, we've we've gone from a mix of physical and virtual to completely virtual for the most part. Um, we have a new mix of operating systems in the mix, um, et cetera. So uh, we've had to adjust some of our best practices. And I, I know a lot of customers had been asking for a long time, what are the best practices? Different people were uh, disputing different things. Um, some people said you had to do this. Some people said, no, it's not a good idea anymore. And so um, a lot of the people on the solutions delivery team, myself included, wanted to put out something that was authoritative, that uh, kind of calmed the storm down a bit on some of these disputed points and just set the record straight. So I decided to, uh, in conjunction with the rest of the SDA team, uh, put together this blog and get input from engineering and product management. So um, we have a couple of things that we wanted to just uh, let everybody know about. So I think the first thing that's really changed is in the past, we used to recommend modifying the threads per port on each PBS server yep. and also the number of streaming ports. That used to be a best practice, but now we have made advancements in the software and there's really no need to do that anymore. I actually had a customer recently um, that I'm aware of that, used to have, I think, 200 ports per PVS server, and they actually switched it back to 20 ports per PVS server, and they monitored the performance difference, and there was, like, almost no performance difference. And they had done that to take advantage of Zen Server's uh, PVS Accelerator feature, um, but there was no performance difference. So I think that was a real-world example after I published the blog where, you know, um, what we found in the real world was aligned to what we now recommend. 
Great. So, so with, with these, you know, new recommendations, was, was it really just a matter of, you know, as you're working with customers and gathering information from the other architects and engineering, um, and, and seeing what's happening in the real world, was it really just a matter of putting that all together, uh, to come up with these new best practices? Yeah. Some of it was field experience. Some of it was just things you see people, um, going back and forth about, um, out in that, broader UC community, um, the end user computing community. Uh, so it was a little bit of both. Anything that the SDA team felt that, hey, look, people frequently bring this up. It doesn't make sense to do this, or we should say that people should do this. So any of those types of things um, that I felt that we had a good, solid answer for, I, I went ahead and included it on that blog. Right. And, and, and did anything, um, you know, so, so there was some things that we updated, right? Things that were being done in the past that needed to be updated to fit in the current, uh, current environments. Was there anything new uh, on the recommendation side that came out of it? New, we're no longer using BIOS. So everything is switched over to UEFI now. Um, I think that's probably the newest thing. Um, I don't think there's anything else that would fit that description i'm thinking about it um so really just yeah i think just, a lot of it is more like what what we were doing and now to kind of fit into the the the, the newer environments that we have these days right yeah exactly so, i think you hit the nail on the head what about um like minimum versions so you know obviously you know we, we have customers who may be running, uh, you know, some LTSR, you know, versions or maybe on CR, whatever it is. Um, are there any right. um, recommendations on where what these new best practices have been validated on version wise? We validated them on pretty much any PBS version that is currently supported. So, I mean, as long as you're not using something legacy end of life, uh, this is what is recommended for okay. all currently supported versions. That's great. That's great. I know one of the big things that it, it's funny, we're, we're asked a lot um, on feedback on some of our tech zone articles around PBS. Uh, and this was one of the things that was lingering out there for a while. Um, and I know we started getting answers on that is uh, when, when it comes to, to, to networking, we're obviously seeing a lot more, uh, you know, 10 gigabit backbones in the networking. And, you know, we always had the recommendation around isolating PBS traffic. H has that recommendation now gone away because of the, you know, where we are in today's networking world? Yeah, I don't think isolating the traffic necessarily is a best practice anymore. You know, it used to be when the bandwidth was a lot more constrained back then. You didn't want to potentially um, choke off your management traffic. Um, because of the streaming traffic, but now there's so much, um, the pipes are so big. It really, it's, it's trivial to put all the traffic on the same pipe. Really the only customers that would need to do that are those that have security considerations, right? Where there's some kind of compliance or other team dictating that certain types of traffic have to be separate from other types. But for most general customers, you know, um, everything is sufficient to just use one, uh, network interface. It, you mentioned security, which is funny. It literally just made me think of you know something else. You know the uh, you know the, the, I think there's a lot of questions sometimes um, around security and PVS and, and having traffic go through firewalls. You know what, what's the what's the view on you know having PVS traffic you know be firewalled off from you know other our parts of the uh, infrastructure? Yeah, it's it's generally a good idea um, to keep that streaming traffic kind of uh, on an isolated subnet, right? Um, but 
we wouldn't want to have the streaming traffic cross a firewall. Um, that has always caused issues in any PBS deployment. Um, so as long as it's isolated, the streaming traffic, um, you know, it's we're good. Great. So I don't know if that answered your question. No, it, it definitely answered my question. Yeah, I think you know. Again, I I I know that's come up as well in some some things that we we get asked um, based on you know the documentation we have out there, um, and th- th- there's always been that recommendation of that you don't want firewalls, you know, the, the streaming traffic to be firewalled off. So I think it's good that you know we get that information out there. So. Uh, you know, as, as people are, are maybe designing or, or using PBS and if they're having issues, maybe it's something they can look at. So we, we also introduced um, PBS and, and I'm always from, from now and forever going to refer to it as PBS. I know it's citric provisioning, but that's just <laughs> my nature going forward. Uh, but sure. we, int- we, we introduced it for Azure and Google uh, Cloud last year. Um, have you found that any of the customers that you work with are, are, are looking to adopt this or are they primarily still on premises and not really in that discussion path yet? You know, most customers that are using PBS today are mostly on-prem. I've had a couple that are kind of uh, interested in it, kicking the tires on it. I think I have one that has deployed it in Azure. Um, so it's, it's something that customers are trying out. We're getting questions about. Um, one question that we commonly get is in, in one of these two, uh, public clouds, can you use one of their managed SQL offerings rather than having to deploy your own SQL server? The answer is yes. It's an interesting question, though, because it's kind of a new world that we're living in. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I assume that as as we start as, you know, a, a company in our professional services organization work with more customers in this, well, we may start seeing some additional or new best practices come out of it. But it, it, it's still in the it's uh, young age of this at being introduced. Yeah. So when I was in consulting and again, this is going back some time now. Um, but we, we used to use a formula to calculate the memory for the, the PVS server and what it would need. Um, and if I remember correctly, it used to be, we, we would start with around, I think it was two gigabits. We would add a number of, uh, uh, multi-session discs that we're going to provision. Uh, there was a number that we would multiply it by. I think it was four. We'd add the number of single-session OS disks if there were any. Multiply that by two, and then add a, a, a buffer. Uh, is that formula that you know still relevant today? And something that you and you know the team use to recommend size when you're designing and building out PBS? Yeah, so uh, it's pretty much what you said, right? Um, we use that formula, um, and the idea is. You want to size the PVS server with sufficient memory so it can cache the boot time data that each VDisk needs. So that way it doesn't have to go fetch it while that VM is booting up. Um, so those rough numbers that we give, like four gigs for a multi-session OS disk or two gigs for a single session OS VDisk, um, those are roughly the amount of, that's roughly the quantity of memory that you would need to put on the PVS server so that that VDIS doesn't have to go and get fetched from storage um, during the boot process. And it, get, it stays cached in memory. Um, you know, your mileage is going to vary a little bit, but it gets you in the right ballpark. And generally I found, in my experience, um, it, it gets you a little bit more than what you need. Um, sometimes some customers will say, oh, look, I have, you know, 
30 V-Discs, this is a lot of memory. Well, we say, well, use that as a starting point, and then you can do testing, and you can you can always start high and then go low by uh, monitoring in Windows Performance Monitor. There's a counter there called uh, cache copy read hits percent, and you can use that to monitor the PVS server memory, and you can see if it is serving up things from its cache rather than going back to storage. As long as that value's over a high number, like 95% or so, mm-hmm. um, I think that means that it has enough memory and you can afford to potentially reduce the memory there. But really, I mean, the right answer is if you have something like 30 V-Discs, the right answer is ask yourself, why do I have to have 30 V-Discs? Maybe there's a better way to do this. Right. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense, yep. right? Im- image sprawl, right? That, that, right. That's, a whole, that's a whole other episode we could probably have. <laughs> right. Uh, so w- when you're meeting with, uh, you know, with your customers that you work with um, and, you know, maybe they're already using PVS, but, you know, if, even if it's, uh, you know, newer customers that maybe are looking at PVS and image management for the first time um, and, and the concept of PVS versus MCS, you know, comes up, um, do you do you lead with a recommendation? Um, what, what, what determines if you're going to go with PVS or MCS? Is it? around you know additional infrastructure that may that's going to be required for pvs um is it around you know storage cost if they're looking at cloud or even on premises um or is it typically around something else yeah i try to consider things holistically um there's a couple of things that you know we're getting closer and closer to feature parity between the two and um but there are still some things that one can do that the other one can't do so for example pvs can uh, stream to a physical device. So if that's a possibility or a use case, then definitely the answer is PBS. Um, Same thing, MCS is is the only one that's capable of, for example, um, streaming to native AWS, Mm -hmm. right? Um, PBS currently is not supported on native AWS. I believe Nutanix on AWS is supported, but um, not native AWS. So if, if you have any of those types of things that only one can do, then the answer is pretty clear there. Otherwise, then I'll also take a look at what is a customer currently doing? What are they comfortable with? Are they happy with their current provisioning strategy? Um, you know, sometimes they may be just using P- PBS. Sometimes they might be using MCS. And sometimes they might be using something like app layering or a third-party image management tool. And depending on what they have um, and their interest in moving away from what they have, um, that can also influence my answer a bit. And then obviously there's scale too. Um, in public cloud, you're going to have the extra infrastructure that comes with PBS, but potentially you might get away with uh, less storage for every target uh, that you're going to be streaming to. So, um, you know, at, at very, very large scale, um, that could be a consideration as well. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. You know, it, it's so, funny. Yeah. You know, P- PBS, like I said, you know, working with it back in, in 2009, I think, I mean, I remember when I first set up my first, uh, my, my, my first Citrix environment that included PBS and, and it blew my mind, you know, and, and back then we, we, there, there weren't a lot of documentations and best practices that had been published yet around it. Right. I mean, it, it was, it came to Citrix only a couple of years before that. Um, but I remember just going through it and, and, and I was using Zen server. It was a Citrix virtual apps environment. And I remember like, what is this PBS thing, you know, and doing it. And I it literally like, I was like in awe, you know, because it was something new and I got my hands on it. So, you know, it, it's still, 
it's still a technology that you know today I'm I'm so excited about and just you know to see like the changes we're making and where we're going with it. So it's uh, it, it, it's you know it's great to see that you know you and your team are obviously are are, are staying on top of things and, and working with it and, and providing your best practices. But uh, yeah, I, I think that you know that's all the questions I had. Um, so I think that wraps things up for today. You know, thank you for coming on. Um, it was it was great to to see you. I know everyone that is listening don't doesn't get to see you, but it was great to see you because we're we're seeing each other. Um, and uh, you know, for those of you that haven't had a chance to read Uzi's blog uh, on the PBS best practices, um, I urge you to head over to our Citrus blog site. Um, you can uh, go take a look. On top of that, um, over the next uh, three to six months, we're also going to be you know. Uh, making sure that we have some newer, uh, you know, documentation and uh, deployment and POC guides on uh, PBS uh, when it comes to deploying it and POCing it in our our cloud supported cloud infrastructure. So, you know, keep a lookout for that. Uh, but until next time, this has been the Clickdown. Mm-hmm.